so as I just prayed, I talked about uh, what we're going through today. So we're continuing on the Sermon on the Mount series. Um, I've got 10 words. That, that's my verse. It's pretty exciting. Uh, can I talk for 20 minutes about 10 words? Oh, you better believe I can. All right. Uh, so this is what we're looking at. This is Matthew 5, verse 4. Um, I wanted to bring a couple of different versions to you because sometimes, um, and look, I grew up uh, King James Version. I then saw the light and went to the new King James Version <laughs> for different reasons. But, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, I got introduced to the Amplified Bible many years ago. Initially, I thought it was for deaf people. You're welcome. Um, but, you know, it just gives a different... <laughs> it's not going to get better. I'm so sorry. Um, but thinking about different versions. Now, you could go into the backstories of why we have different versions and stuff like that. I'd like to think, because we are all different, God created us unique, individual, amazing people. So sometimes when I read different versions, I get a bit more of the story of what God's trying to bring across to us. Now, I still love my versions, the New King James versions or whatever versions you like, but I do understand that maybe not everybody likes my versions and that's perfectly fine. So uh, if you're following along uh, either with a, a phone or tablet or actually, ooh, does anyone have one? An actual Bible? Did we actually bring a Bible to church? <laughs> that's right. I've got 17 at home. I don't need to bring one. Uh, so Matthew 5, 4, I just wanted to read from the New King James Version first. Uh, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And then in the message it talks about, uh, you are blessed when you feel you've lost what is the most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. And then in the Amplified, blessed and inevitably ha happy with the happiness produced by the experience of God's favour and especially conditioned by the revelation or his matchless grace to those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. How cool. Now, in the Bible, there's plenty of promises. And to me, this is one of them. Not if you mourn, but when you mourn, you shall be comforted. And we'll unpack that in a sec. But I just... For me, that means that if I mourn, if I'm going through something, now whatever it might be, the promise is I won't be alone in it. Now, I also just wanted to say to you, because we are going through this particular verse and we will be talking about mourning or grieving or loss, uh, there are tissues uh, around. Uh, feel free to cry. I have no problem with that at all. Or I'll probably beat you to it. Um, because not always in our Christian walk are we promised that it will be easy? Not are we always promised that we'll get everything that we want. Sometimes life is hard. And as I unpack a bit later, I think when we get into communion, I'm thinking of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. That was a pretty hard time for Jesus going through that. But he wasn't by himself. All right. So, there's two words there that I wanted to unpack from that. In Bible, again, I'm not sure how to say it, but in a way that most people would like to have or experience. So, when we look at the Amplified, it's talking about blessed and inevitable happy, so with happiness produced by experience of God's favour and especially conditioned by the revelation 
of his matchless grace means in a way that most other people would like to have or experience. Now think about that. If I'm going through mourning, the experience that I'm going through with my mourning will be looked upon by others as something to be envied, maybe. Just really interesting to me. Because when I think about mourning, it's probably the thing that we don't want. We want to dismiss. We don't want to go through the journey, the package of whatever that may be. And just a second word there, when I think about comfort, uh, and we will unpack it a bit more later, the ease, the grief or distress or improve the mood or restore a sense of physical well-being too. Now again, the, the thing that I'd like to say about that is that the comfort that you'll have in your morning doesn't take away the morning. It says that in, through, with your morning, you will be comforted. That's the promise. That's really good, Michael. Well done. I don't know, ten words. Easy, right? And we're done. No, no, no. Still got a little bit more. And if it's all right with you, because I know that your weeks are probably like my weeks, they're not always easy. We have a lot of things that we need to do, a lot of things we need to accomplish. And here I, I am encouraging you to unpack your morning on a Sunday morning. Different spelling. Come on the journey with me, right? Because the thing that I want to look at is in our morning, when we go through it, is that we'll be comforted. And not only that, we may be the actual comfort for other people when they're going through their morning. That's pretty cool. And I think about like things like that when we talk about family. If you've been around for even a short amount of time, you would realise that mourning or grief or loss happens to everybody. From my grandson Oscar, who's 20... Can I say 21 months yet? Thank you. Uh... He may be playing with another child. They may come and steal his toy. He may feel a sense of loss, grief, mourning. All the way to a married couple that's been married for 55 years and they lose their partner. They would definitely experience grief, loss and mourning. Now, what I want to say with that is that we can't judge when someone is going through the morning season of, shouldn't they be over it by now? I mean, look at this other person. They had something similar happen and they're fine now. That's not for us to judge. It's not for anyone to judge. So if my 21-month-old comes up to me screaming because someone else has lost a toy, my job is to... We, we there yet? We're almost there. Excellent, excellent. Comfort him in his morning. Probably the same as we go along and as we go along, whether it's a losing a job, missing out on buying a house, all these different things that we endure every day. Morning is all around us. Sounds like a song. 
Yeah, so the last thing I just want to talk about before we get into the second part, which is much more fun, is this. Sometimes as Christians we are taught to believe that with God we always need to be happy. So when something bad happens or we have loss or we feel a need to move on, sometimes as quickly as possible. We could do a quick poll. Who likes sitting in mourning, grief or loss? Anyone? <laughs> Look at that. Well, maybe. Maybe not. And I think that when we go on our journey with God, that we are encouraging other people to move on from that process because it's uncomfortable. The opposite of uncomfortable potentially could be comfort. Now, I'm not also suggesting that you should never have parts of your life that are great and outstanding and moving forward and that we should always look for an opportunity to mourn so we can sit there all the time. However, when a season of mourning comes upon us, whatever that may be, whatever that may look like, I'm asking you to sit in that season for as long as you need to. I'm encouraging you, I'm inviting you to. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And as Christian brothers and sisters, I would encourage you, if you know someone is going through, I'm going to say a season of mourning, which could last an hour, a day, a week, whatever that may be, a year, a decade, sit with them in that season of mourning for them. All right. For they shall be comforted. So first off, I'd like to say that as a Christian in a church family, I'm not the only person who has promised that if I mourn, I will be comforted. It says here in this verse, especially when you think about the context, Jesus is sitting on the mountain teaching everybody. He doesn't specify uh, if you're a disciple, uh, if you are a follower of me, then only to you and only you does this verse apply. He's speaking to everybody. Christians, non-Christians, Jews, Gentiles, maybe not too many Samaritans there, probably weren't allowed, but everybody, men, women, children, everybody. That should be a comfort for us. I do think that as believers in our community that we should show great examples to turn up when others are mourning and be part of that comfort for them. Comfort can come in many forms. Some we are good at. I often know when uh, my wife is not well, uh, we would often receive food because they obviously know how well I cook. Thank you. It could be a phone call. It could be an uh, email saying, hey, Michael, what's up? You doing all right? doesn't have to be big. doesn't have to be expensive. All of those types of things could, could be comfortable. Even after this service, although at the moment I'm not in mourning, I could get 15 messages going, Michael, that's the best sermon I've ever heard you speak. Mind you, it might be from the 15 people that have only heard me speak once. could be acts of service, could be 
stealing someone's car so you can fill it up with petrol. And you know at the moment with petrol prices, that's a really big comfort. Mm. Especially for some, yeah. Sitting and holding the space for someone else to mourn. That's a real tough thing to do. But if you, it's actually a skill you can learn. But I know the, the value for the person who's mourning, for you to come and sit with them, create a safe space to be there as long as they need, could never be replaced, could never be repaid. So they can go through what they're going through. I will give a good example in a minute. There was a lady uh, in our community uh, a few years ago. She was going through some family stuff. Uh, and as a church, we rallied around her. We went to her place with about 70 volunteers. We painted some of her rooms. We did some gardening. We chopped down some trees and made her property better than... You remember that? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Comfort can look all sorts of different ways. As a sports chaplain, I actually did this for someone last Sunday. Now, again, it's not a big deal. It didn't take a lot of effort. Uh, so if you don't know, I'm the sports chaplain for the Central Coast Triathlon Club. Uh, one of the girls there had sprained her uh, ankle when she was on the run leg, which I must say is very easy to do because there's a lot of tree roots. So I sat with her in her morning and I comforted her with an ice pack. Pretty exciting. And then we talked about other things. I want to break down how easy it is for you to be a comforter. For me to be a comforter. We do it probably all the time and forget that we're doing it. Now again, it depends what the morning looks like and what's been lost. But I'd like to think that one of the takeaways for today is to encourage you to go look around in your circles, wherever they may be, whether it's your street, your school, uh, your church, your connect group, whatever it might be, and when you can, and as often as you can, be that comfort, whatever that may look like. Right, so let's get to some scriptures, because all I've been doing is talking. Oh, excellent. This is one of my favourite scriptures. In Job, who went through all sorts of uh, mournings, griefs and losses, he had three friends, and just before this verse, his wife basically told him to, um, he needed to con uh, confess all of his sins uh, and basically shrivel up and die. What a lovely comment from his wife. And then his three friends, now, after this scripture, they do nothing else that's great. But in this scripture, they do something really, really cool. So let's read. So this is in Job 2. 11 to 13. Now when Job's friends, three friends, heard of all the adversities that had come upon him, each one came from his own place there, for they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to add comfort. And when they had raised their eyes from afar and did not recognise him, they lifted their voices and wept, and each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head towards heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights and no one spoke a word to him for they saw that his grief was very great. I really love that. 
They tore their clothes, they sprinkled stuff on their head and sat with him and created this space for him to mourn. He just lost uh, 10 children, I think it was, property, all sorts of things, stock, and he was heavily in mourning. Then they actually opened up their mouths and weren't helpful at all. But in that, for seven days, they were very, very helpful. But also, I guess, can encourage us that, you know, if someone has just lost or mourning something significant, often we don't know what to say. Often there's nothing to say. So all you can do, you go up to them, pull up a chair, just sit with them. That's it. Done. You are providing comfort. If you do happen to open your mouth or would like to open your mouth and you're not sure what to say, this is a guideline that I use. Whenever I prophesy, whenever I try and um, encourage someone, these three things. Oh, is it there? Oh, wait, I've gone. Oh, maybe it's not there. Let me say this. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, But he who prophesies speaks edification, exaltation and comfort to men. So if you can think of those things, remember those three things. Everything we say should be around those three things. Edification, exaltation and comfort. Lastly, and most importantly, I think, God can be our comfort. In Psalm 23, 4, look at that. Even in one of the most um, recognised and famous scriptures, God is creating and is being our comfort. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And even as we walk through the Beatitudes, we can reflect on the book of Isaiah. This sounds very familiar to the um, Sermon on the Mount. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of the prisons for those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our Lord and to comfort all who mourn. <coughs> Finally, hey champ, one of the names of the Holy Spirit is Comforter. So even if someone is going through mourning, you don't know what to say, sit with them. If you would like to say something, say one of the three things, edification, exaltation or comfort. And maybe invite the Holy Spirit into the room. He's the best comforter there is. In Acts 9.3, look at that. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, Galilee, Samaria and had peace and were edified and walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, then they were multiplied. And John 14, 26 and 7, uh, and this is in the King James Version. For the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I say unto you. All right. Last thing, uh, because if you've ever done a sermon or a speech or anything like that, you know that three points is what you need. Some takeaways from today. In our morning, we are comforted. So what I'd like you to hear from that is whenever you are mourning and you feel alone, whenever you feel isolated, whenever you feel like you're the only one that's ever gone through this, it's not true. 
I'd almost go as far to say it's a lie. You have your family, you have your friends, you have God, and you have the Holy Spirit. Just putting it up. Second, mourning is a season not to be skipped over or rushed and can be moved forward from. Often when we go through grief, loss, mourning periods, it creates scars. We can use these scars to be memorials for us. It's not something where we are now. It's not we're gonna, something we're going to forget. But we move forward with this of the knowledge either we've learnt or the season that has just passed. So I have two questions for everybody here. What are you currently mourning? And where can your comfort come from? Yes, I'm not an English teacher. That's just one question. And the second question I'd like to ask is, are there people you are currently comforting in this season of mourning? If not, I'd encourage you to pray a prayer, something like, God, I have comfort to give. Can you show me people in my circles that are mourning? And I guarantee God will show up, he will show you some, and you can go and be comfort. What I'd like to do after communion is just create some space that if you are going through mourning,